This morning's scripture passage is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 35 and 48 to 58. So beginning with uh, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then going down to verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the word of the Lord. So about a week ago, a, friend, a bunch of friends and I, we did a virtual gathering where we had a, uh, a very intense conversation about a topic. And what we were debating about was, what is the best Jamaican beef patty in Toronto, in all of Toronto? And it was a furious debate about the filling and the breading of the patty. And we kind of came up with the, the sh a short list of the top three that we were kind of arguing about. And they were uh, Allen's Bakery, Randy's, and then there's a place called Alwyn's. Those were the, kind of the top three. I would also put in there Warden Station Patties as a, another one, but this, that could be more nostalgic. And personally, I think Allen's is the best patty because it combines both the, I, I say the filling is okay, but their breading is what separates them from the other patties. Their breading is just so good. It's, it's so flaky. And I just love flaky breading. Uh, I think the perfect, per, the perfect combination is, is Alan's breading with Randy's filling. So, you know, if, if you ever want to, you could just combine those two and eat it together. And then you would get the best patty in all of Toronto. See, I think Jesus also knew how important the breading was, though, just like, just like me, right? He knows that bread matters. So it's in the story that Jesus, where he talks about how he is the bread of life, that whoever comes to him will never be hungry, and whoever believes in him will never be thirsty again. Just before Jesus says this, and has this long conversation with those around them, Jesus performed a great miracle. There was a large crowd who was following Jesus, and they were hungry. And Jesus says to Philip, where, where shall we buy bread to feed all these people? 
And Philip says to Jesus, well, Jesus, it would take more than half a year's salary to, pay for, to get enough bread for all these people. And where would we even get that much bread? Even going to Costco wouldn't be enough. Hey, we know this familiar story. A boy has five loaves of bread and two small fish. And Jesus took the bread and fish and gave thanks and gave it out. And everyone had enough to eat. Jesus fed 5,000 men, not including the, the women and children. And can you imagine if you were one of the followers and you ate from this magic bread? Imagine you had a taste of this heavenly bread and, the, and a bread that multiplies in front of your face. And it must have been, like, tasty, right? It must have had really a nice crunch to that bread. And I'm sure the stories of this multiplication of this bread spread. It was so cool to see it multiply, and it was amazing, and I got to be part of it. I witnessed this amazing heavenly bread multiplying, and I got to even take and eat some of it. It's like in the days of old. Is this like manna that our ancestors received from God, or is this something else? So after such feeding, more people followed him and wanted to be around Jesus. Jesus crosses over to the other side of the lake, and this crowd hearing about where Jesus had gone also crosses over and are looking for Jesus. And listen to what Jesus says to, to the crowd that found him. Verse 26, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Jesus is able to point out what's in the heart of people. And here he does the same. These people didn't even care about the fact that Jesus performed a miracle that may have pointed to who Jesus, was, who Jesus really was. They were looking for Jesus because they got some free food. Like vultures who line up at the Costco sample line, these people in their ravenous appetite and hunger sought out Jesus for some more free food. I mean, it's just some free bread. Like, why line up at Costco for free bread when you could buy a whole loaf? Why are you coming to Jesus for some more free bread and are missing out in the reality that the one who has performed this miracle is the bread of life? A long time ago, you know, I had this conversation with my friends last week, but a long time ago, I Googled the best patties in Toronto and spent the whole day driving all over the city, hunting down for the best patty in Toronto. There was no patty shop too far, too small, too dingy that I did not go there to just try a new patty. In fact, for the past few months, Jin and I had been on a different kind of hunt, Every Saturday morning, we head out into the city looking for the best croissants in the city. And aren't we drawn and motivated by our desires and appetites? We will go wherever our stomach calls us. We are what we eat. The problem with this crowd of people is that they were so driven by their desires and appetites that all they wanted was Jesus to produce more stuff for them. What can you give me, Jesus? Oh, you want me to believe in you? You want me to follow you? Well, give us another sign. Make some more bread for us. Verse 30. What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? 
What will you do? Our Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus, give us some more heavenly bread. Is this bread going to be different from the one you've produced before? We will believe in you if you give us some more bread. Come on. Even the Bible says he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Why don't you give us some more? Listen to what Jesus says to them. 32, verse 32. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus explains to the crowd that what they need isn't more bread from heaven. Manna was good in feeding your hunger, even though later on you would complain about this heavenly food called manna, but that we are to look beyond the physical bread that gives us sustenance to a more true bread, which is in the person of Jesus himself. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. I am the one in whom you will never go hungry or thirsty. It's not in the stuff I can give you or do for you. It's in being in relationship with me that you will have life. Stop searching for things that do not satisfy because you have been created to find me. Your desires and appetites will ultimately lead to me because I am the one who will sustain you. I am the one in whom your desires will be met. One of the interesting things about our passage today is that this is the closest passage in the, in the Gospel of John that would reference the Lord's Supper. There is no other Lord's Supper passage in the Gospel of John. And listen to what it says in verse 53. Jesus said to them, Very, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. It's very similar to the Lord's Supper, right? Jesus says, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Take and drink the cup as a reminder of the Lord's blood shed for you. And one commentator argues that this passage from John can be a way in which we can interpret the Lord's Supper. The Eucharist, which means thanksgiving and what we call communion, needs to be interpreted with this passage in mind. Why? Even communion can become a way of receiving something from Jesus instead of being in the very presence of Jesus. Communion is a symbol of something more. Communion in which we eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus isn't just the symbol of Jesus, but in that the experience we enter in that experience we enter into something more divine. Yet the practice of and the participation in communion is not an end in itself. Jesus himself is the bread and the wine. The bread and the wine isn't Jesus. He is the one in whom we find life 
and life everlasting. It isn't in the act in itself as another form of consumption or some ritual to get what we want, but rather through communion, we enter into the mystery of the life of the triune God and of the one who says he is the bread of life. I think communion becomes one of the key ways of remembering and entering into what Jesus has done for us. But at the same time, it is a way of drawing us closer to the person of Jesus. It isn't so that we can get more stuff from him, but rather it is through the stuff of communion that we meet the true bread of life. In our uh, um, April Delve article, I, have a, I wrote an article more about communion, so if you want to read that, you can. Food and drink, without it, we cannot live. Yet these are just shadows of something greater in life. Eternal life can only happen as we eat and drink from the source that gives us life. Jesus is that bread and wine for us. It's not some heavenly bread and heavenly wine that we need to consume, but we are to meet the very person of Jesus The bread that sustains us is the foretaste of who Jesus is who sustains us completely. It is the bread that doesn't rot. He is the one in whom we will will have actual life, life to the fullest and eternal. At the end of this conversation with Jesus and the crowds, many felt that what Jesus was saying was way too hard for them to understand or to believe in. They couldn't stomach what Jesus was saying about himself, and so many of, the, many of his disciples left him. Did you catch that? It wasn't the crowds that left Jesus. It was his disciples that left Jesus. I've, every time I've kind of read any stories about a large crowd, I'm always thinking these large crowds, they really didn't get Jesus. They just came for the hype, and they left him. But here, it's not the crowds only that left Jesus. It was his disciples. Verse 66 From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. The response of the crowds and his disciples to Jesus was to follow him because of what they thought he could offer him. They came not because they cared about who Jesus was, but because they wanted what Jesus had to offer them. When they found out that Jesus was talking about himself, they were like, oh, oh, you are the heavenly food? Oh, you're the one who would take away our hunger? Uh, well, no thanks. It's, it's just you, so never mind then. To, to eat of his flesh and to drink of his blood is, to call, is a call to take on the very life of Jesus into our lives. This life we have with Jesus isn't something else for us to consume, but becomes a way of living that leads to life. We know that Jesus... Um, in the breaking of his uh, body and, and, and spilling of his blood is referring to the cross. And so that act in itself is an invitation for us to enter into that crucifixion life. The fundamental two things in life of eating and drinking are what gives us life or can also lead to death. What we eat and drink can give us sustenance but can also lead us to health issues. Even though I may love a good patty or a croissant, I know that I cannot eat this more than maybe once a week. If I eat it every day or for every meal, 
First of all, I won't be satisfied anymore. I'll get tired of it. But secondly, it will lead to death, to physical death. In the same way, when Jesus says he is the bread of life, Jesus is calling all of us who hunger and thirst to recognize that 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 desire was given to us by God. And so it is a good desire. But at the same time, because he knows that those things don't fill our needs, he calls us to himself who sustains us. We, like the people in the story, can get caught up with worrying and thinking about temporal things. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to do about dinner? What do we wear? What kind of job should I have? We fret and get sucked into meeting the needs of our desires without ever asking the question, what is, that, what is it that I'm really looking for? What do I really long for? What is my deepest desire? We instead look to fast food, look for quick fixes. We devour and consume without taking the time to ask the question, why do I desire such things? Why am I turning to things that do not satisfy, but leaves me longing for more? I think the statement of I am the bread of life confronts our desires and appetites. The person of Jesus who says I am the bread of life calls us to approach him with the realization that what we long for and what we desire deeply is the very presence of Jesus. The question for us is, how do we respond to Jesus who says he is the bread of life? Do we seek the gifts of Jesus but not the cross? Do we seek the gift of the giver but do not realize the person of Jesus who is the the real gift? I am the bread of life invites us to eat of Jesus. That is, we take into our life the very being of Jesus who is the source of all life. He is the one who satisfies, and it is in whom we are invited to eat and drink from. What I find is that I try every other thing in this world to satisfy my hunger before I ever turn to him. How do I recognize that I am more than what I eat and that my life is more than the next good patty? One commentator puts it that to eat and drink of Jesus is to appropriate Jesus into one's life. This is why Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. To eat and drink of Jesus is to believe and to trust in him because no one will eat what they cannot trust to be edible. To eat a meal implies that it is wholesome, nourishing, and real. What is your ultimate desire Instead of trying to satisfy every one of your desires with whatever is the closest thing to you, take time to listen to your hunger, to your desire. What does your appetite and desire say about who you are? What does it say about who you are becoming? Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I don't know why you are here today nor what your needs are. Jesus knows of your need and desires and invites you to his table. This table isn't a table where you have to have everything figured out. 
This table is, is set before you so that you can eat and drink from Jesus, who is the bread of life. So come to this table because this is where you can meet Jesus, who satisfies all your hunger and thirst. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the bread of life. Like Peter, we say, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the one in whom all of our needs are met, all of our desires are satisfied. We thank you for our desires. We thank you for the, you've, the way you've created the world where it is only through you we can find true sustenance and peace and contentment. So we take this bread and this juice as a sign, a symbol, and we do it in faith that you are the bread of life. Amen. Let us eat and drink and be thankful. <clears throat>